1: from NOLA Pizza in the NOLA Brewing Tap Room on Chapatula Street in New Orleans, we're Out to Lunch with Peter Raschuti, Tulane University's A.B. Freeman School of Business Professor and Director of the award-winning
2: Birkenrode Reports. It's business New Orleans style. Hi, I'm Peter Rusciutti. Welcome to Out to Lunch. In 1996, then First Lady Hillary Clinton popularized the saying, it takes a village, when she published a book with the same title. The original saying, it takes a village to raise a child, is variously attributed to African and indigenous American societies. But wherever it came from, its meaning is widely accepted. And that is the knowledge and skills a child needs to become a well-rounded, successful, functioning adult are learned not just from a child's parents, but from people in their community. My guests on Out to Lunch today are two of those village people. and not those village people. Larry Washington is working to retire the common complaint that kids graduate from high school woefully unprepared for the real world. You might have actually been one of those kids. A lot of us discovered that when we left school, we knew nothing about credit cards, checking accounts, budgeting. We had no real understanding of what being a member of the workforce is all about. And no one in school even broached the subject of entrepreneurship or what it means to start your own business. If Junior Achievement of Greater New Orleans has a connection to your kid's school, they're going to graduate knowing all of that. Junior Achievement of New Orleans reaches between 20 and 40,000 students a year, and Larry Washington is the president. Larry, welcome out to lunch.
1: Thank you so much for having me today. I'm uh, excited to have this conversation.
2: After we graduate from school and move into various stages of adulthood, marriage and parenting, we find out we have even more to learn Ty Salvant is the author, speaker, and founder of an organization called Time with Ty that focuses on providing education, support, and assistance in those areas of our lives where we're expected to figure it out on our own. Sometimes that strategy just doesn't work out so great and you need help. Time with Ty includes time for rest, self-care support for women, time for us, a marriage enrichment program, and time to play, which connects adults to the local community organizations. Ty is also the author of a series of children's books called The Alphabet of You. Ty Sylvain, welcomed out to lunch.
3: Thank you so much for having me. I look forward to this conversation.
2: Larry, I would venture an opinion that there is not one solitary parent in the United States, even in Florida, who disagrees with the agenda of junior achievement. Kids should have some basic grasp of financial (laughs) literacy and work readiness by the time they graduate high school. That seems like inarguable common sense. Given that, and given the fact that Junior Achievement was founded in 1919, and given the fact that you can clearly demonstrate the effectiveness of what you're doing in 106 Junior Achievement districts across the country, why is it still the domain of people like you to bring this education into schools? Why isn't this part of the school
1: curriculum? I mean, I think that's a great question. I think the first thing I can say as someone who's worked with schools for so so very long, um, our schools are burdened by many things that they have to prepare our young people for. You know, one, they're educators. More times than none, they're social workers. They're caretakers. They're providers in so many different ways. And so I think, one, schools just have so much on their plates. I think, two, uh, many folks don't feel comfortable having conversations around financial literacy with young people. I remember many years ago when I was in Houston, I would do a program called, Your Child is Already in Debt. And it was a (laughs) way to talk to parents about how do you start to have conversations with young people uh, around financial literacy. And my thought process to parents was always, when a kid can tie a want, it's a perfect opportunity to start having those financial literacy conversations. But even with that understanding, I think many people are just afraid uh, to open up and have them. And so, one, our school's overburdened. I think one, I mean, two, our, our, our teachers don't have necessarily the, the knowledge to be able to present that to young people. And so I think it's important that an organization like J.A. does come in with our expertise and share that with young people and with adults alike.
2: And Ty, probably most of us would benefit from learning tools to improve our marriage, our happiness, self-care, and our community. But we're living in a world where, by and large, we're expected to figure this kind of stuff out on our own. You're dedicating yourself to providing these types of services for people who come to realize they need them. In your experience, how and when does someone come to realize they need help, say, say with their marriage? And if and when they do, how do they find you? So, unfortunately,
3: a lot of people don't realize they need it until they're feeling overwhelmed. They are frustrated. They have been in the trenches for far too long, and they don't recognize themselves anymore. They realize that this isn't the marriage that they want, that they're arguing all the time and they're just really focused on the wrong things. They end up finding me through a variety of different ways. So one from either events that they've seen or um from a friend of a friend saying, oh you know what, I talked to this person and she offered this information or from attending a book club that we had.
2: And I, you know, I like the title of your book, it's the alphabet of you. And um, I've often wondered how, why it was in that order. Was it the song? I really don't know.
3: So with this book, it really started when, so I have six children. They are 21, 19, 17, 15, 13, and 4. And You have when, a
2: basketball team with, a, <laughs> with one person sitting on the bench. I do. Is, um, wow.
3: Exactly. And so when we had Sinclair, who's the youngest, as an infant, I would, res- I would go through a list of adjectives um, of the qualities that I saw in her or that I wanted to see in her. So you're calm and you're patient, but you're artistic and adventurous and bold. And I would share with friends who started doing it with their children and somebody was like, that that should be a book. So that's how it got started um, with the alphabet of view of having positive adjectives that we should be using to describe our kids. And in the book, it's intentionally inclusive because we all need to see each other in a positive light in this world. Um, there's the ASL alphabet so we that's can normalize uh, for, the, for the deaf. Absolutely. Yeah. Right. But, well, here's the thing, though. One of my goals is for us to normalize everybody learning the ASL alphabet. It's so easy to teach our littles when we teach them their yeah. ABCs so that they can then communicate with other people um, who are hearing impaired.
2: Then you get to Larry and I's age and... Uh your head becomes a cement block, and you uh, you can't pull things to, pull things
1: together as easily. Um, now, Peter, the funny thing about that is, I learned the uh, ASL uh, alphabet in middle school, and I still remember it to this day. <laughs> Look at that! That's, Look at that! Did you just
2: bring him in out of the studio <laughs> audience? That's a uh, that's
1: great. They, uh, you know,
2: Larry, you uh, I was doing some reading about you, and you said you originally worked for a a marketing organization, and you didn't like it. Mm-hmm. Um, You do a lot of marketing now. I mean, you're convincing the schools to bring the program in, uh, fundraising.
1: You know, I guess that is one way to look at it, right? But I think the difference between the work that I was doing immediately out of college, because I was working for a company where I was developing content for people's websites. And so it was this mundane thing that you sit behind a desk, you talk to people, you type up some things, you share it. Whereas this work is built in passion, and rooted in passion about our mission. And, you know, I've told the story many different times about when I was a kid, I remember having a J.A. volunteer come into my classroom and he would always wear a suit every single time. And I said, I want to be like that guy when I grow up mm-hmm, and wear a suit. Mm-hmm. I hate wearing suits now because clearly I'm not yeah, wearing right. a JA. <laughs> But it was it was inspirational, the experience I had with J.A. And so for me, uh, when I decided I did not want to do that work anymore, I would start to look for jobs in education. And as I was looking for them, I found a job at J.A. and I would say, I thank God that that job found me because it gave my career and my life passion and purpose and so you know technically we could look at it that fundraising and advocating for our work is marketing uh, but I look at it as more just telling a story about something that I'm really really excited about something that I believe in and something that I know could be transformational for our young people particularly young people in a city like New Orleans. And Larry the thing I was surprised about is when it
2: says greater New Orleans I don't know I pictured kind of a uh, a small circle around the city but
1: how far out do you go? Oh man, we uh, we cover actually 13 parish regions. So everything on the North Shore, everything in general New Orleans, everything down in the bayou and river uh, parishes. And then believe it or not, we also cover some counties in Mississippi. Um, and really exciting things are happening for us there. For the first time, every student in Gulfport uh, ISD is gonna have J in some form this school year. Um, and so wow. that's brand new for us. But yeah, our footprint is extensive. And so when you mentioned before, 20 to 40,000 students that we reach that happens within that that geographic area um and so it's work that we're really proud of
2: and ty i'll I'll put on my consulting hat and by the way i'm not a consultant and i don't even know where you would find that hat but that's not important people would probably come up to you and i'm thinking the same thing is you're doing too many different things you ought to focus on one or two Mm -hmm. i suppose you've heard that How do you answer it?
3: So interestingly enough, I attended a workshop not long ago where a professional speaker shared that, well, every time there's another comma behind your whatever it is that you do, then I end up thinking like less and less of of what it is that you do. And I thought, huh, that's a wonderful man's perspective man's perspective man's perspective because as a woman as a mother as a stay-at-home mom we do this and this and this and this and we have to do it well because if not our children our households our families lose so (laughs) that
2: that was something i didn't have in my notes to be honest with you it is uh, (laughs) you know what i i like uh larry's you know every organization has an acronym and yours is jagno which sounds like a group of attorneys working for the military in the crescent city but uh that's that's all working of course when it says great in new orleans it's it's not actually perfect because you're going out as far as uh as far as you would think what about and I'll ask you this, Larry, we usually ask it to franchisees, and it's, of course this isn't exactly like that, but how many, uh, the decisions, are you making it at, on the local level or is it being done on the national level?
1: That's a, that's a great question, and lots of times it's always difficult to explain the relationship of junior achievement, local versus national. And, and if we're gonna be even more uh, 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 broad about it, J is a worldwide organization. So you have okay. J Worldwide, you have J USA, and then you have your local chapters. You know, clearly, uh, many things from a curriculum standpoint, from a branding standpoint, happen at a national level, but the beauty about our, our organization is that we have the ability to think about what are the greatest needs within our community, within those pillars of financial literacy, entrepreneurship, work readiness, and how do we best meet those needs. And I'll give you some examples about how we've localized a lot of those, those decisions. Uh, One of the things that we saw as very important for young people here in New Orleans was to introduce them to entrepreneurship as a true and viable pathway to to success. And so about eight years ago, we started a program called Trust Your Crazy Ideas Challenge that we do in conjunction with... Which is the
2: line from Idea Village, right? I mean, it's that that kind of...
1: Well, the irony is this program started uh, in partnership with Idea Village.
2: Ah, okay. And then we
1: took it over by ourselves. And so... um, um, and so yes, yeah, so we started that program here locally because we wanted to foster entrepreneurship as a pathway for young people. And we do that now with several thousand young people every single year. Um, and then once we get made that program really successful here, uh, we started to launch it out across the state. And so we have mirror programs happening in Baton Rouge, Lafayette, and Shreveport, all built on something that we knew we wanted to do locally here. And I'll give a second example. Uh, many of our young people uh, have not been exposed to high-wage, high-growth careers here locally. And we found the need and the space to be able to play a role in that. And so we've created something in collaboration with Youth Force NOLA called the Employer Hub, which is just our way of connecting young people with business and industry in every in every which way they need to be connected, all with the intention of introducing and preparing young people for high-wage, high-growth careers that will actually be here in the greater New Orleans region in the next 5, 10, 15 years. And so while we are connected with a national organization, we can take those pillars and apply them locally in ways that make the most sense for our students, for our businesses, and for our teachers and educators.
2: You're listening to Out to Lunch. I'm Peter Raschuti. I'm talking with Larry Washington from Junior Achievement of Greater New Orleans. They describe themselves as giving young people the knowledge and skills they need to own their economic success, plan their futures, and make smart academic and economic choices. And Ty Sylvain speaker, author, and founder of Time with Ty, dedicated to improving marriages, the lives of women, and the community. (laughs) Ty, you're a a not-for-profit organization, but not intentionally. You're um, you're having trouble (laughs) making money, and I can certainly understand why. What are you gonna do? I mean, you get so much set. What are you gonna do now to make it more profitable?
3: So, there are a couple of different things. So, definitely writing books, right? So, um, I have Two books right now. The first is A Guided Journal for Women, A Mother's Reflection on How Not to Lose Ourselves in the Roles That We Play, because there are so many of them. And there is a journal for dads coming out soon called The Celebration of Fathers, which does the same thing and just walking you through the relationship that you had with your parent the, you know, mother and or father you are right now, and are you being that parent that you want to be? And if not, why not? And it allows for some really great self-reflection and a path to moving forward to make sure that we are not only parenting with intention, but that we are creating the memories that we want to have with our children.
2: Larry, the other thing I was surprised about, because I thought I really understood junior achievement, uh, is that you've got all these different ranges of age you have middle school high school and now colleges i mean uh people up to say the mid-20s have you expanded all that
1: or what's what's done that i I appreciate that question you know one i think most folks think about when i talk to many people about jay particularly those who remember it from many years ago they think about what we call a company program where they sold a product in high school, right? Yep, right. Uh, you, know, you did you take, that, yeah, you I did, did that, that. that, right? you I did that. In elementary school, I own, yes. I I own a lot of knives, which is odd, uh, there's something. <laughs> <out> there. <laughs> well, you know, long time ago, we expanded that program reach to K to 12. And so we were doing age appropriate programming at every single grade level, inside of classrooms with volunteers. Uh, over the last couple of years, what we've noticed is We've gotten young people through all their K through 12 career, and once we get to 12th grade, we say, okay, we've we're done, we've given you all the things we, we need, but we know they still need more, more guidance. Uh, you know, what we've learned is many young people between the ages of 16 and 25 are either one unemployed, underemployed, disconnected from education in some sort of way, and we believe that's because they don't really understand what their purpose and their passions could be. What we can do as an organization, because we are focused on workforce development, is start to connect those young people to what pathways pathways to success look like and so uh, to answer your question about this you know going beyond k-12 space uh, it was a commitment that we made here locally probably a year and a half ago uh, but uh, last summer as a national organization J JA USA also made that commitment to explore what does our work look like beyond k-12 and so some of the things that we're doing now and we're, we're piloting these things with the hopes of expanding them is one we partnered with um, uh, Bell Tower and UNO as well as uh, ULL to do some career exploration with college-age students. Mm -hmm. You know, I think about the fact that when I started college, my initial major was biology. I thought I wanted to be a doctor. Uh Clearly I sit before you, not a doctor, right? (laughs) And also without a degree in biology. And it was because I had not been exposed to all the different pathways and opportunities that I could have access to. And if I had my decision-making, probably would have gotten me to where I needed to be a lot quicker. And so we really want to focus and double down on two things with those college-age or 16 to 25-year-olds as one, do as much career exploration as we can with them so they understand what opportunities exist. But then as we started our conversation talking about financial literacy, I think many of us, and I think you talked about having uh, um, kids that are 17, 21, they probably don't know what to do with their money, right? Um, We can help them understand, you know, once you get this money, once you start making money, how do you actually start to manage that money successfully? Um, And even some of the companies that we've been talking to as of late, as they bring in, Uh, college graduates as their new workforce and they're starting to make 80, you know, 90,000 bucks a year. They don't know what to do with that money or how to manage it. And so we understand that we can play a role in ensuring that those people are are prepared for that. And so as we explore this additional kind of workspace of going beyond K-12, those are some of the things that we focus on.
2: You know, at at Tulane, one, one summer we had this program where middle schoolers came and they were uh, tutored in, in academics. And then we let them play football before that's how we teased them into the whole thing. And uh, I remember I asked them, I said, what are you guys going to be when you grow up? And about 90% of them said, I'm going to be an NFL player.
1: Absolutely. And I said,
2: <laughs> "I said, what if you, that doesn't work out to a person? They said, then I'll be an NFL owner. I thought, wow, good luck with that, kids. There's, yeah. only, there's right. only a few of them, but uh <laughs> Now, but, but really quickly, sure.
1: even even with that point about like when you talk to kids that say, I want to be in the NFL, and only the only option they know is, well, I'm just going to own the team, I think a lot of the responsibility that we have with our work is showing them all the different layers that happen within these organizations. So you may not be a Saints player, but there's tons of opportunities within the Saints organization that you could be getting prepared to take on, and I think that's the, the responsibility that we as JA take on in, in educating young people in that space.
2: One connection, ties that I think you us get people that came in for one reason, maybe it's the marriage counseling or such, and saw what else, they liked you and they saw what else were you offering and you could kind of, it sounds like, kind of cross sell or they, they like you so they're going to try the other ones. Does that happen?
3: That does happen. Um, for, on many different levels Uh, so one of the other things that I do is homeschool and so we end up getting a lot of families who um, connect with me over trying to figure out how to homeschool their children and end up um attending one of my women's retreats or attending one of our other events that we organized and I do have to say that one of the things that I'm really you know pleased with is that so again I remember doing junior achievement when I was in elementary school and um, certainly you know didn't know if that's where you know my entrepreneurial bug was planted but you it was know, <laughs> You're it like, I will take will. it. Larry I will takes take credit it, for us. Right? Absolutely. <laughs> um, but as as a homeschooler and being able to be the one who decides what programs that we do, we actually use junior achievement with our kids. And so I will say that our 21 and 19-year-old do know what to do with their money I and are doing it. a fantastic job um, because of it. It really opened up lots of different conversations on um, not only... How to spend this money that you have, but to think about things from a global yep. perspective, and also to really look at career exploration. So there are a couple of different um, modules that we did on career exploration, where you know we kind of talk through. Okay, well, do you do you think you have any interest in this? So I really do appreciate those pieces about junior achievement because it it really does open up the doors to all sorts of careers from. Farming and manufacturing um, mm-hmm. to you know being an entrepreneur um, that a lot of people aren't having those conversations with their. I kids.
1: appreciate that, and I promise we did not coordinate that conversation. <laughs> but, but no, it, it, it's awesome. I saw you to, downstairs <laughs> at the brewery, so right. <laughs> no, but it's it's awesome to have that validation of our work because you know I th- I think I know that I believe in our work. I know the data says that our that our uh, that what we do works, mm-hmm. but to hear it firsthand from someone implementing it. Is, is, is huge for me and I, and I have a question now because one of the other hats that I wear is I'm the board chair for KIPP, one of the largest uh, charter management organizations sure, yeah. in the city and so I'm, I'm clearly a strong a- advocate for public education but also understand the value of homeschooling and so I'm curious like what made you choose homeschooling as an avenue for your kids versus putting them into a traditional school?
3: So my top three reasons for homeschooling, one, were to meet my kids' needs where they were. Mm -hmm. Um, At the time, again, my oldest is 21, and I knew about the disproportionate number of black boys in special ed Mm -hmm. and kind of thought, okay, he's going to be in kindergarten, reading chapter books, being bored because they're doing a letter of the day. He'll start talking inevitably because he's my child and (laughs) get labeled EBD and put in special ed because they weren't meeting his needs. Mm -hmm. Um, Two, certainly the race factor was a part of 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 this right do they will they have to experience um, some of the ugliness of the world absolutely does it have to happen at five absolutely not Right, Mm -hmm. Um, And the third one was just a little bit more time to work on instilling our values into our kids. So I have a background in psychology, and I thought, okay, well, you know, when he's 10, he's not going to have a cell phone like his peers because you don't need a cell phone at 10. And either he will start to do things to... Um, want to fit in with his friends because he didn't have the same things that they Mm -hmm. had by choice. Um, And I'm like, "Eh, I'm not ready to go down that road yet. So we started homeschooling and I fell in love with it. And yeah, we we have not looked back. Although I do think that there are definitely opportunities and, and spaces for us as homeschoolers and people who are in private school or traditional school to really look at how we can collaborate uh, because we're all in this together I agree right
1: I agree yes. collaboration is probably one of my most favorite words I think in order for us to do the work that we do we've got to collaborate with other folks yes. in order for us to have the impact and change that we want to have and need to have particularly in the lives of young people collaboration has to be a part of it so yes. I love that to, to look at things through that lens
2: and by the way I didn't mean to be sound mean about you doing so many different oh, companies. Oh, no. They, no, uh, no, It is a lot. I, I it, do a yep. lot. I do a lot. I have,
3: a, I have a great support system. Um, my husband is is there who who helps me to manage all of the things that I well, say yes to. So I appreciate it. And they are
2: all related. Larry, when you talk about entrepreneurship, I mean, frankly, that's really what we need in New Orleans. It's very tough to bring companies in and big companies. Um, what is the... Do they all want to be Elon Musk? Uh, can't blame them, but uh, do they understand there's other avenues and things, frankly, things they would see that we wouldn't because they're young?
1: Yeah, I mean, I can answer it a couple of different ways, and I brought someone else with me that's probably more, a better expert, but I think our young people um, look at the things around them and come up with solutions. And so when you, you, everyone's not thinking of, like, making Teslas or even, um, you know, I think a lot, a lot of the buzz around entrepreneurship now or as of late has been apps, right? Clearly we get lots of kids that wanna create apps, but many of them are looking at specific needs around their communities and then coming up with with solutions for them. And so I'll I'll give a couple examples that I can think of just right off the top of my head. Uh, Last year, the young ladies who won our competition, both locally and at the state level, were uh, students at Mark Carmel High School. And every time at school when it would rain, if you didn't have an umbrella, you, you were trying to get from building to building, you'd get soaking wet trying to get to class. And so they created a backpack that had a built-in rain jacket to it, right? And so that was them <laughs> thinking know. about what is a particular need that, can, that, can, that we can solve right now. Um, I think another good example is uh, one of the young men that's in our program this year. Um, he uh, has an idea for seniors where it's a pill box that reminds you of when to take your medication, it reminds you of which medications you can take together or not take together. Um, so this way when seniors are having to manage many different pills at one time, they have this automated way to be able to do it. And so everyone's not thinking at the, uh, on this Elon Elon Musk level, but they're thinking about real solutions to problems that they're seeing around them every single day and thinking about ways in which they can solve for those.
2: That is, that is great. Ty, <laughs> your, your competition, um, I guess this sounds terrible, but. Priests, pastors, rabbis—is that uh, kind <laughs> of what you're trying to take out here? Is uh, the uh, is art is a different kind of mission? I mean, that's where a lot of people would go if they weren't going to you, right?
3: Right. And so definitely not competition at all, because, and I, I really do, again, back to that collaboration, mm-hmm. right? Because there are certain conversations that you are more comfortable having with a couple who's kind of going through it with you. Um, a, you know, certainly a couple who's been married for, you know, 20 plus years with six kids and still enjoy each other, I right? I know a
2: woman like that. Right, That's you. yes,
3: <laughs> yes. And there are other women out there like that. And the other thing Thing too is that my certainly one of my missions is for us to redefine the role of motherhood so where it includes self-care and self-compassion because like we are modeling for our children how to be and so when our sons have unrealistic expectations of their partners because my mama did it or when our daughters say I don't want to be a mom because they saw what their mom did and didn't do that's where we're dropping the ball. So it's helping women to say, "Wait a minute. I can do this. I don't have to lose who I am. I can still enjoy life and pursue my passions and volunteer in the community and raise my family and right? So it's it really is working on showing through example how you can do this.
2: Ty and Larry, I started out oh, today's show with a saying, "It takes a village" I thought we could wrap up with another one. Easier said than done. (laughs) Like (laughs) self-care. Exactly. We're all familiar with that saying, and most of us are also familiar with just how frustratingly true it is on all kinds of avenues of life. It's a lot easier to say kids need a more well-rounded education or we should be able to ask for help when we need it than it is to actually give kids a more rounded education or to ask for help when it's needed. We're all indebted to people like you, Larry and Ty, who've dedicated themselves to stepping up and doing something about solving the problems most of us just talk about. And thanks for everything you're doing and thank you both for taking the time to join me today on Out to Lunch. Thank you guys.
3: It was a pleasure to be here.
2: My guests on Out to Lunch today have been Ty Selvon the author, speaker, and founder of Time with Ty and Larry Washington, president of Junior Achievement of Greater New Orleans. We edited this show to fit into the time slot here on WWNO. You can hear our unedited conversation and find out more about Larry and Ty and their respective ventures by listening to the Out to Lunch podcast. You can find and subscribe to the Out to Lunch podcast on your podcast app and on our website, it's itsneworleans.com. If you want to know what we all look like, you can find photos from this show on itsneworleans.com and on our Out to Lunch social media. These photos were taken today by Jill LaFleur. You can find more of Jill's photos at LaFleurphoto.com. Out to Lunch is a production of INO Broadcasting for itsneworleans.com and WWNO. 89.9 Eighty-nine point nine FM. The producer of our show is Grant Morris. Our technical producer is Eric Merle. Blake Longline engineered today's show, and our researcher is Maggie Mendel. I'm Peter Raschuti. Thanks for joining me. I look forward to meeting you again next week around the lunch table for more business, New
0: Orleans style, on Out to Lunch. Out to Lunch was recorded live over lunch at the NOLA Brewing Taproom, 3001 Chapatula Street, open seven days a week. NOLA Brewing Taproom has a wide variety of craft beers and authentic hand-tossed New York-style city pizza by NOLA Pizza. More information is at nolabrewing.com. Mitchell Foreman wrote and performs all the music on Out to Lunch. You can hear Mitchell's music anywhere great jazz is sold or streamed and at mitchellforeman.com. If you'd like to be part of Out to Lunch, to learn how your business or organization can become an Out to Lunch program partner, email info at inobroadcasting.com.